Teachers have a tough job. They face so many obstacles from students, parents, colleagues, administrators, from themselves. And yet, teachers find so many ways to craft beautiful, transformative relationships that lead to learning, inspiration, and joy. This is the Ready to Teach podcast, and unlike most of the decisions being made in schools, this podcast is made for teachers by teachers. Let's get ready to teach. Welcome to the Ready to Teach podcast, episode number 11, and happy last day of July, or first week of August, depending when you're listening this week. Um, We have this week my most favorite guest yet on the show. No offense to previous guests, but you'll understand when I tell you that my guest this week is my wife, Elizabeth Kinkalix who is here to help give us the perspective of both a teacher and a social worker uh, and talk with us about how we can uh, build great relationships with our students uh, and, and help develop the right mindsets towards young, the young people that we teach. Now, a little bit of background. Before we were husband and wife, Elizabeth and I were colleagues. She was a ninth grade biology teacher at uh, an inner city charter school in Houston, Texas. And later she became a college prep, SAT prep, ACT prep, as well as non-cognitive skills teacher at the same school. And since then, uh, we have moved to Baltimore and she has earned her master's in social work and is now a social worker in Baltimore, Maryland. Elizabeth, it's so great to have you on the show. Finally, I'm here. I'm very excited. Excellent. Thank you. Uh, So I thought it would be great to have you on the show now. And the reason I haven't had you on the show until now is because I thought this this time, this end of July, beginning of August, would be uh, a time when a lot of teachers are starting to transition themselves sort of out of summer and into the classroom. Some of some teachers, like our friends in Texas, are literally doing this starting tomorrow. They are going back to their campuses, <laughs> yeah. back to their classrooms. But some teachers are just, even though they might still be on the beach, they might still be on break, are starting to think about what do I want to teach? How do I want to teach it? Maybe they're attending some professional development conferences. Everyone's starting to have those back to school dreams, I'm sure. Well, dreams, right, and and we know that the dreams are often the result of quite a bit of anxiety. So that's a perfect transition to the beginning of our conversation. And that first day of school often does come with a lot of anxiety. You felt it. Uh, certainly. I felt it, <laughs> right, right. We've, we've both been in the classroom. And... You know, where teachers are nervous about meeting those those new faces, seeing those new students. What are they going to be like? Are they going to be cool? Are they going to be tough? What, the what's new it gonna, kiddos. That's right. So from the perspective of a social worker now and former teacher, what do you think is essential to starting the school year off right with students? Yeah, I, I think what matters is relationships. Um, and I know that 
this gets drilled into so many of our <laughs> in-service preps that relationships are really important. But something that social work school taught me is that change and uh, growth happens with people that you trust and with people that you feel like care about you as a human. And so both as a social worker and as a teacher, I my biggest thought and sort of in starting the beginning of the year is for teachers to take some tr real time to start to get to know their kids and start to build that rapport with them, even if it's just who's in their family or the name of their dog or, you know, what's their favorite movie, something cool that they did over the summer. And it could be in the form of a survey. It could be quick questions when kids come into your room. But if kids start to believe that you are interested in them, they're going to be interested in you and your content. And so that's what's going to end up leading to good learning down the road. Okay, so relationships are super important, but Elizabeth, Miss Kinkalix, <laughs> we've been taught in those in-service courses that, you know, those first days of school, we have to be strict and we have to show the students who's boss, right. we're the voice of authority. Right. I remember being told, don't smile till Christmas. <laughs> right. Yeah. But how, so how do we balance the strict authoritative uh, right. type of the approach? Structure. Right. And, and I don't mean to imply that structure and procedures aren't essential because they are. And if we think about what a lot of kids' lives are like over the summer, regardless of if they're inner city kids or kids that have been at camp all summer, a lot of their time is much less structured. They often are bored because they, even if they might not admit it, they're watching TV or they're just sort of sitting around the house. They're not engaged in the same way that they are during the school year. And so I often find in the kids that I actually have in counseling right now are already telling me, I'm looking forward to going back to school because there's more structure there. So don't, so give that to kids. We have to provide procedures and protocols and those entrance procedures and how kids raise their hand and, and what you expect of them um, up front in, in the open, you know, and kids will meet that expectation. I think sometimes we assume kids are, just should know exactly how we want them to be and <laughs> They don't. We have to tell them. And we have to tell them at the beginning of the year. And we have to know that they're coming off of the summer and they're they're yearning. A lot of kids are yearning for that for that structure. So when you say that, you know, kids are learning for yearning for structure and, and they wanna be back at school, what strikes me as ironic about that is a lot of teachers and, and I've been guilty of this and probably am guilty of it almost every year, approach that beginning of the year as sort of gearing up for war or like gearing up for battle, that it's like you're um, preparing to sort of combat the kids. And, you know, I, I wonder if, if some of that is, you know, when you, when you start teaching, you start teaching because you have a lot of hope and belief in young people and then maybe after a few years of teaching, you 
have maybe caught a couple kids te- cheating <laughs> right. on tests they, and, they, and you they maybe, break some of that oh, trust oh. in you a little bit right but you know I, I i'm hearing in what you're saying now that that value of young people and and the you see the hope that they have because you get to talk with them outside of the classroom now. right yeah i mean i am in a really unique position where I understand what it's like to be walking into a classroom and having 30 kids sit in front of you and expect you to sort of be directing their entire year. Um, but I also now have the chance to talk to kids about what that experience is like. From, from their point of view. From their point of view, right. right. From, from what, sort of what their takeaways are and what they think is sort of the story that they end up telling about what's going on in their lives. And I think the reason that I'm still in schools and that I'm still working with young people even though the classroom wasn't where I was meant to be long term is because young kids middle school high schoolers elementary schoolers you know college kids like they have a certain sense of hope and of and faith in that the world is this more optimistic place than what we sometimes as adults think and i love that that's why i i love young people because when i hear the stories and the way that they describe their context and the way they describe what's going on in their life there is typically this sense of that it that of potential and sometimes at the beginning of a school year we can we can like almost lose sight of some of that right because we're so focused on getting everyone you know getting everything in place and getting to know all the kids really quickly and you need to start teaching your content because you have a you have a standardized test coming up in three months like I remember and understand what that's like and at the same time we we at the beginning of the year is the perfect time to show kids that you trust them and that you believe in their faith as well. From having been on the other end of this conversation of and seeing those first days of school through kids' perspectives, what are some of those things that, that they reflect back as things that, that build trust for them? You know, things that continue to give them like trust and faith in the adults that they encounter at school. Is that a clear question? Yeah. Yeah. I I think it has a lot to do with the teachers who listen, right? The teachers who ask questions about something beyond biology, for example, right? Ask kids about what's going on in their, in their, at home or what sport are they interested in playing? Like kids are motivated by those relationships, similar to the way adults are, but I think it's for a lot of kids, especially in middle school and high school, they don't always feel like adults are listening even if we are um and they often feel like no one understands them (laughs) even if we do but the more chances that you as a teacher because teachers are in such a unique position and i only realize this now being out of the classroom like you get to spend so much time with kids And you get to know so much about them because you see them every single day that you are sort of the first line of seeing something changing. Um, And you see that when they learn how to do a certain equation or they learn what mitosis is in biology. 
but you're also that first point of contact for kids to have really positive experiences in the classroom. So you started to transition in your answer there from not just teachers, but also to adults in general. And you talked about how students often don't feel like young people in general don't feel like adults get them or understand them, you know, e- even if we do. And, you know, in addition to teachers, there are also parents. And, and we yeah. know and we've talked that, you know, parents are obviously a, a huge part of, a, of, of any child's overall yeah, the, upbringing. The biggest part. Right. But they're, they're also, you know, one third of the 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 school triangle, right? Mm -hmm. Teachers, students, parents, that's the triangle. Right. So could you talk just a little bit about the importance of establishing communication and discourse with families early on in the school year? Yeah, I, I am a believer in families. Um, my experience has taught me that families are not only when you involve families in a kid's education, not only do you end up with a kid who is likely learning more and growing more than they would have without a family, but you as a teacher learn more and you gain your own relationship with a new, you know, a new family. And like, how lucky are we that we get to be sort of like little, little additions to people's lives and their experiences throughout school every year like that's so special um and I think that parent communication like you know and in service you're told I can remember being told make seven positive phone calls this week and I think that that's true right if you have a positive interaction with a parent before you have to have a negative interaction that's certainly helpful they might trust you a little bit more in that process But what I think is often missing from that conversation about positive communication is our belief in families and our belief that they are doing the best that they can in the context in which they are. Um, And that doesn't mean that everybody is doing what you think that they should be doing and it doesn't mean that they are doing the right thing all the time and it doesn't mean that we aren't frustrated by some of the choices that adults make. but to be a really transform transformative teacher uh, in kids' lives, I think you have to believe in their families, and you have to involve them. And part of my job as a social worker now is to add skills to parents, right? P- add parenting skills to a teenager's to a teenager's life. Like maybe it's about communication, maybe it's about boundaries, right? All parents aren't working with the same set of skills all the time but even in those conversations and in those family sessions I have with kids I have a foundational belief that parents want their kids to have better lives than what they have and if you can honor that and hold that in your core I think that it'll provide a little more grace and empathy that sometimes gets lost in the minutiae of of having to call about this or having to call about that or a kid's not doing their homework. Um, it adds that context. I, I want to jump in here because I, I feel like for, for some people it would be easy to listen to what you're saying and kind of just hear, oh, like care about parents and, and make that positive mm-hmm. contact. But 
what what it seems you're really saying is that you know parents can parents can be missing the mark sometimes and i think especially right. you know teachers out there who you know when you're working in an underserved community and you see you see so many ways that you think parents could be doing things differently it's okay to think that parents could be doing things differently and still maintain the belief that parents absolutely want what's best for their kids. Right. Like it's not a parent wants what's best for their kids and they're a perfect parent or a parent doesn't want what's best for their kids and therefore you're seeing all this crazy behavior. Yeah, I think two things are sort of most important. One is thinking back, I mean, I just... What Dr. Milner talked about previously in your in on the pod was that families are the expert on their kids' experience, experience, right? right? And that's helpful, and we have to involve them. And just because we see kids for a lot of hours during the day, and it certainly adds up, parents and families are seeing kids every evening, all weekend, all summer. Like those hours end up being so much so sort of capitalizing on parents understanding of that context of that experience can help you find solutions to the problems that you're seeing and the second thing is based on those solutions right if you have an issue with a kid and you're only dealing it with that kid you and the kid are the only source of solutions you're the only two that can figure it out but if you bring in guardians or brothers or uncles or whoever is there right a coach um the more other people that are around the more solutions that you can find for whatever sort of issue you're seeing so i view family as a way to have more solutions what's emerging for me as as a a theme as it were sorry english teacher moment uh (laughs) what's what's emerging as a theme theme in what you're saying is you know, as teachers, we often end up feeling like we have all the answers. And and it comes from a good place. We want to have all the answers. We want to be the best possible, you know, teachers and role models we can for students. Or that we ha- we feel like we have to we have to come up with all the answers. Right. And we also align ourselves with institutions that think the same thing Mm -hmm. and whether that's an inner city charter school or whether that's a high level mid-atlantic or new england prep school like both of them in some ways have a similar message right send us your kid and we will transform them because we know what's best for them that it's within that the change happens within the walls of that school right and so there ends up being both at an institutional level and at a teacher level this very like top down we know what's best we have the answers you as the student or you as the family don't that's why you're sending your kid here yeah but that's not the way we should approach it at all yeah and i think my thoughts on this have evolved right i think that i used to feel like if we could just get kids in buildings where differences happened that their lives could look different. Like like a, if we could just get a kid into a great school, right. bam. Right, that, that everything would be solved. And I am a believer that <laughs> the school matters. The kind, of, the kind of education that kids 
get matters and what they're exposed to matters and the kinds of teachers that they have matter. And that kid isn't suddenly removed from the context in which they live and grow up and and the struggles and the burdens and the strengths and the resiliency that goes with their home context. Um, and so I think as a social worker, I my thoughts on that have grown and sort of evolved that families are even more important than what I originally thought and can and can be engaged in even more ways than what I thought. Um, That's why I'm so excited that you're on the show and that you're on the show now because even from the very beginning, before I married you, <laughs> or what I should say is you agreed to marry me, uh, but when... We were just colleagues, and I saw you teach, and I saw the, the interactions that you had with our students, that you have and have always had a really genuine value of young people. And you always trusted young people, and like, trusted that when students were saying something about their experience at home, or in a classroom, or, or with a friend, or between a teacher, or just their own feelings right their own you, narrative right that that you believed them yeah and <laughs> i think i think as as teachers we sometimes forget to do that yeah or, or to even create time like you said to listen yeah first off i think that's like the nicest thing for you to say honey um oh. but i i think it's important i think that's what probably brought me to social work even more was because I felt drawn to kids' stories and sort of supporting them in whatever, supporting them through whatever narrative they were telling to, to be their best versions of themselves. But, and it's not always easy. And I know as teachers, it's not always easy to believe what kids are telling you, but my general sort of experience has taught me that typically kids know and they know what's really going on in their lives and they they know the seriousness of serious situations and they know the luckiness of lucky situations and they know genuine when they see it and they're drawn to it um and so i believe in kids because i <laughs> i love their optimism and I want I it takes less effort for me to believe them and then maybe have to backtrack later on than to constantly be looking for how they're they're not being honest or they're or they're wrong in the way that they're telling their story so I mean if we hear them and this is not true you know I think right now it's sort of talk it seems like we could talk be talking about kids who have behavioral issues or kids who have mental health concerns but this is everyday kids right middle schoolers high schoolers are going through lots of changes and they are kids perf kids who have perfect grades and are well ad adjusted and adaptable and um gritty they they still have a story to be told and they're looking for people around them to listen and that's why we're going to have you back on the podcast in a couple of months at sometime around the end of september beginning of october when our honeymoon period, not <laughs> not 
our honeymoon period, <laughs> but the school honeymoon period is wearing off and we are starting to see some of the issues that students are grappling with in and outside of the classroom and we'll have you back on to talk about how teachers can be best equipped to, yeah, to see those. I Teachers are the first line. They're the first line of listeners. They're sort of the first line of parent involvement and they're they're a first line where kids have an experience where someone is excited to know them as a human and I just I love teachers I I think that is I I may not even write another set of takeaways (laughs) for this podcast because I think what you just said right there of like that first day of school you get to be a new adult maybe even for some students the first adult who is excited to see any given student. Yeah. And you might be that first adult who is excited and smiling and cannot wait to learn that student's name and, and to get to know them. Uh, and it's, it's not going to be every student, but it, it might be just one, and, and that might make everything worth it. I, I believe imagine, it makes everything worth it. And imagine it. how excited they are to meet you, too. Here are the takeaways from this week's episode. One, People grow in the context of people they trust. So begin building that trust from day one by investing ourselves in our students' experiences. Two, young people have a sense of optimism and potential that we sometimes forget in our role as teachers. Three, students trust adults that ask questions and listen. So we should ask questions and listen. Four, involving families is a way to have more solutions. And finally, five, teachers have the opportunity to be the first person students meet that year who are excited to see them. Thank you so much for listening. And as you transition from the summer back into the school year and the classroom and the young people and their families that you're going to meet, whether it's this week or in the coming weeks, I hope you do so with a sense of optimism and a sense of hope and that you are excited and energized to try new things, try new ideas, and be an amazing teacher, an amazing adult, and a young person's life.